0: I'm standing in the center of Kyiv. For those not familiar with the story, it would be hard to describe to outsiders what Jewish family life was like in the Soviet Union in the second half of the 20th century. In this story, Evgenia Shapiro tells us about her parents, Jakob and Anna Shapiro. Communists? Yes. Atheists? Sure. Spoke Yiddish with each other? That too. And when times changed, did they... Well, they were buried in a Jewish cemetery. Evgenia Shapiro was interviewed in Kyiv by Alana Zaslowskaya in 2002, and her story is read for us by Jane Burtish in London.
1: My father, Jacob Shapiro, was born in a Belarusian shtetl of Borisov in 1908. As a child, he went to Cheder, like all the Jewish boys, where he studied Hebrew, Torah and prayers. But he was such a quick learner that the town council collected money to send him to the Russian grammar school. Only two or three other Jewish boys went there. Then came the revolutions of 1917, and after he finished school in 1920, he was sent to the Polytechnic Institute in Leningrad and right after that to the very prestigious Military Communications College. While he was home on leave in 1931, my father went to see his childhood sweetheart, Anna Gershenovich. Even as children, they used to play near the Beretsina River, where they went to pick mushrooms and berries in the forest. In 1932, they married and returned to Leningrad, And that's where I was born, in 1933. The army sent Father to the Far East, where he commanded a special radio unit that worked with Soviet intelligence. Years later, he told me he was in charge of getting all the secret communications from Richard Sorge, who we now know was one of Stalin's most effective spies in Tokyo. By 1943, my father became the head of his unit as far as I know, the only Jewish head of the communications unit in the Red Army. Our family settled in Kiev in 1945, and that's where I met my neighbour and classmate, Vladimir Vasiliev. He was a lively sort, and he was never quiet about how much he hated the Soviets. And whenever Vlad visited us, Mother rushed to close all the windows so our neighbors couldn't hear him. Mother kept sighing, telling Vlad that he was a bandit. He replied, Bandit or not, I will marry your Yevgenia. We got married in 1957. We had a daughter, but we divorced in 1971. And I worked as a mechanical engineer. As for my parents, They didn't observe Jewish traditions. They were devoted communists, and everything about religion seemed to be a vestige of the past to them. Still, like so many Jews of their generation, they led their own kind of Jewish life. And whenever they spoke with each other, it was invariably in Yiddish, rarely Russian or Ukrainian. I remember that things started to change for them during the Yom Kippur war in Israel in 1973. Father had only recently gotten a shortwave radio and the two of them were glued to it during the entire war. By the 1980s, Jews started leaving the Soviet Union, some for America, others for Israel mother sympathized with them and used to say that she wouldn't mind moving either but my father wouldn't hear of it i could see in his eyes he believed all these people were betraying their motherland and when my mother's sister alexandra moved to the us my father shouted that she was a traitor and he never ever wanted to hear her name spoken in his house again but whenever she wrote letters to us from new york He would read them over and over again. And even though they never celebrated Jewish holidays, when it came to Soviet holidays, just about everyone who came over to their flat was Jewish. And they spent the entire time talking about Israel, anti-Semitism and books written by Jewish writers. Not before long, she died in 1986. Mother let it be known she wanted to be buried in the Jewish cemetery. Then father moved in with me and my daughter. After he retired from the army, father became a senior engineer at an enormous industrial firm that prepared equipment for construction sites. He loved doing this kind of work. And even when Ukraine became independent, he stayed on and worked every day until 1994. He finally decided to retire at the age of 86. All through the 1990s, Even while economically things got much worse, Jewish life in Ukraine began to revive and father no longer had bad words for Jews who were leaving. He watched every TV programme about Israel and even started to muse a bit, saying that he might have done well if he would moved to Israel. In fact, he said he was sure of it. We actually started discussing moving to Israel, but after thinking about it, father said he was now too old and he would never leave his wife's grave. It was in his 90th year that he began to deteriorate rapidly. We cared for him at home, but in the last week of his life, he only spoke to us in Yiddish, a language we simply couldn't understand. And a few days before he died, he began reciting the prayers he was taught as a child, something we had never heard him do, ever.
0: In his last days, it was as if Jakob Shapiro had traveled back to the world he had come from, to when he and his girlfriend Anna Gershonovich strolled along the Berezina River near the shtetl of Borisov, when they walked through the woods as teenagers looking for mushrooms and berries.